This is Psalms to God, Season 2, Episode 4, The Beginning. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, New King James Version. Psalms to God podcast. This is your host, Ree. Today, I want to talk about the beginning, okay? Not so far back as God created the heavens and the earth beginning, but just the beginning, the beginning of worship. Um, you know, when I was younger, I, like I said, I was raised in a Baptist church, and it's interesting because one of the things that is very prominent within um Christianity today is this idea that the Old Testament is for the Jews or that it's for the Israelites and that it doesn't really apply to us today and that and a lot of people don't spend a lot of time reading it. If you look online, if you um, if you're into like scripture writing or anything like that and you look at the passages that people choose, um, most of them are either going to be from Proverbs, Psalms, or, you know, the, the cutesy things that people love to quote from the Old Testament, like, you know, I know the plans that I have for you, like from Jeremiah. Um, but you're not really going to see people telling you to do scripture writing from, you know, the bulk of the Old Testament. There are, there are, pa- there are books in the Old Testament I didn't know existed until I was out of college. Things like Nam or Nahum, however you pronounce it. Books like Habakkuk. Um, Zechariah, Zephaniah, um, a lot of these books, nobody reads, even like Hosea to a certain extent, like you might know the name, but people don't really focus on these. It's very rare that I go and I hear a preacher preach on the Old Testament. Like they don't really talk about that. If they're not, if it's not in Genesis or the beginning of Exodus, there's a high probability that they're just not going to talk about it at all. And it's interesting to me because I don't really understand how you can believe the New Testament if you don't understand the Old Testament. If you go in and you start reading about Christ, this person who did these miracles and he did this and he did that, um, I don't really know how you can you can believe that he is the Messiah if you don't know the prophecy of the Messiah. That's, I mean, that's almost, that, I mean, that sets you up for the Antichrist as well, to be honest, because you... You don't know who it is that's supposed to be coming. The whole Old Testament is telling us who God is and why he created this nation and how this Messiah came out of this nation and why. And and it's the plan of salvation. And there's a lot of things in it about prophecy that tell us what's going to happen. Um, Revelation is really just like a key or a map to help you understand passages in the Old Testament. 
So I don't really understand why people ignore it. But like I said, at the heart of it is this belief, at least what's been articulated to me, is this belief that it's for the Israelites. And one thing that I've noticed when it comes to religion, when it comes to Christianity, is that when they talk about religion and when they talk about worshiping God, there's a dichotomy. There's what the Israelites did and the established religion of Judaism. And then there's what Christians do and the quote unquote established religion of Christianity. And that's really the only dichotomy that you see. And so there's this idea that the Old Testament is Judaism and the New Testament is Christianity. And since we're Christians, we read the New Testament. However, if you actually study the Old Testament and you actually read through it and you process it, um, a lot of the laws that are um, given by Moses or by God to Moses after the Exodus, they exist way before Moses. And I know that's going to trip some people out, but it's important because as I said, a lot of what I want to talk about this season is about being precise and about understanding the history and how things came to be so that you can combat these false ideas that are out there. There are a lot of people who think that the Ten Commandments are stolen from Egypt. And that's not true. But the reason they think that is because they think the Ten Commandments just manifested and appeared into existence at the time of the Exodus. And if they had, if the Israelites had never thought of these Ten Commandments until the Exodus, it makes sense. They came out of Egypt and now their laws look something like what the Egyptians' laws looked like. They just copied these ideas from Egypt. That's how these people get to these conclusions. But that's not true. We have to go back to the beginning and look at what the world looked like before Israel was established. And it's important because it's going to tell you a lot about what was happening, how religion spread, and how we got to these false religions and how we got to where we are now. So the first thing that I want to point out is the definition of sin. Sin is defined in the word as the transgression of the law. That's from 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. So if there is no law, there is no sin. You cannot sin if there's no law to tell you not to do something. So the very first sin that ever occurs is when Adam and Eve eat the forbidden fruit. And it's a forbidden fruit. That's the whole point. God told them, don't eat this. That was the law. And they transgressed that law. So... As you keep going forward in time, you will see that even though there was no established Israel, God punishes Cain for murdering his brother. God tells him sin is at the door, right? So there has to be an established law that you cannot kill somebody before Cain even killed Abel. So before Cain and Abel, there is a law that says you shall not murder. That was not made up on the mountain, right? There is, this law is actually articulated verbally when Noah comes off the ark. If you look in, um, I think this is in Genesis 9 or Genesis, yeah, Genesis 9, I think. Um, I will link for sure in the show notes. But as soon as Noah departs the ark, God gives him this thing about spilling blood and that 
spilling a man's blood is, you know, a horrible thing. And he talks to him about, you know, repaying the man's blood with other blood and things like that. And talks about the blood is the life and all of these things. And so I think that clearly you can see this idea that people were not supposed to be doing certain things before the Ten Commandments were written. Now, like I said, we can look at what was happening in Genesis, even before the flood, somewhat after the flood, and see a pattern that is mirrored in what God tells Israel to do. So it's not that they just suddenly came up with these laws. These traditions, these ideas already existed. So for instance, take the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the seventh day. It's not Sunday, guys. We might do an episode on that too. But the Sabbath is the seventh day and God sanctifies it in the beginning, literally the beginning. So if you go to Genesis 2, before there's any sin in the creation account, God says on the seventh day, he rested and he hallowed that day. So the seventh day was made holy before sin ever entered the world. That The Sabbath existed before the fall. And even though we don't get specific information about people keeping the Sabbath in Genesis, it was already hallowed. It was already a day of worship meant for God, set aside by God. And so when Moses writes down the Ten Commandments, you'll notice that God says, remember the Sabbath day. Why would he say remember the Sabbath day if it didn't already exist? That's like saying, remember when I told you that I liked the color blue. Well, if I never told you that I liked the color blue, I can't say remember I like the color blue because you didn't know that. Like remember in, implies that you already knew this. A similar thing that comes up during the law of Moses, not specifically in the Ten Commandments, is the concept of clean and unclean, right? It seems like this is something new, um, but when Noah starts getting ready for the ark, God specifically tells Noah to bring a specific number for the clean animals and a specific number for the unclean animals. So Noah had to have some understanding of what is clean and what is unclean. And it makes sense because if you look at the people before Noah, if you look at the patriarchs after Noah, they all set up altars to worship God. And the Old Testament tells us that God does not change. It's found in Malachi. And so if God doesn't change, you couldn't you can't offer a pig to God now because it's unclean. You couldn't offer a pig to God before Noah because it was unclean. So they knew what was clean and what was unclean. God was talking to these people, even though no one sat down and wrote out the law, even though Moses didn't take the time to write the law into Genesis, which makes sense because he wrote it out in Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. There's no reason to interrupt the story of Genesis with extra details that are included later. So you see this pattern, right? Again, like I said, they were setting up altars. All of the patriarchs set up altars to God. So there was some established form of worship that was happening. Another thing that clues us in is that these ideas are not specific to that lineage, right? It's not specific to the Israelites because we see going into um, the flood, 
God says that mankind is evil, that he's wicked. Everything about him is wicked. So there can't be all of this wickedness and sinfulness if there's no law. There's no law. So then these people, how do they know that they're wicked? How do they know that they're doing wrong things? There had to have been some sort of established boundaries that God knew that they were not following, right? These people have to be rebelling against God's law for them to be wicked. And so we know that it got to a point that God just destroyed everything. And that's why there was a flood. The sin was so great that God was grieved and he just wiped out everyone except for Noah and his family. And we see the same concept with Sodom and Gomorrah. There was an outcry against them. The sin was great in the city. Well, in order for there to be sin in Sodom and Gomorrah, there had to be a law. And it was expected that these people would keep it. These people were not from the lineage of Abraham. They were not Jews. They were not Israelites. They were just people from some tribe, from some group that descended from, you know, some of Noah's sons. And they were expected to keep these laws just like Abraham's lineage was. The difference is Abraham was actually keeping them and these people were not. So God blessed Abraham. That being said, even once you get into Abraham and the Abrahamic covenant, you still see a pattern of these laws permeating into the different religions that came out of Abraham. So, yeah, we know that his son Isaac was the promised seed and that from Isaac came Jacob and from Jacob came Israel. And we see these laws um, fully realized and manifested and written in stone through the Israelites. And that was the nation that God chose to bring this light into the world. But Abraham's other sons also were monotheistic and also started following some version of the law. You see that today in Islam, you know, they don't eat pork either. Their idea of what's clean and unclean is not biblical because they will still eat shellfish. However, there is a concept of clean and unclean. They have this concept that there are things that you can eat and things that you cannot eat. Um, they have a service, I think, on Friday nights, which Sabbath is from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday. So it's sort of in the hours of Sabbath, how they view it is slightly different. Like I said, you'll see slightly different views, but there are still some similarities there because Ishmael was also Abraham's son and Abraham taught him about the most high God. And so even further, if you keep reading, a lot of people miss this, but Abraham has a third wife after Sarah dies. He takes another wife and he has more children. And the children of this, one of them is named Midian. And that's important because when Moses flees from Egypt the first time before he actually takes the Israelites with him, when he flees from Egypt, he ends up in the land of Midian. So these descendants of Midian have their own town, their own city, and they are descended from Abraham. And it is there that Moses is acquainted with the God of Abraham. And there is a man there, his father-in-law, who is a priest. He also believes in the God of Abraham. He is believing and worshiping God the way he's supposed to be believing and worshiping in God. And so it's not just the lineage of Jacob that goes straight into Israel that was believing or 
you know, manifesting the law of God and worshiping him the way he acts to be worshiped. It's just that they were the ones who basically stuck with it. And I think that that's an important thing to realize because people don't look at the story as a whole. And what really happened is you had Noah. Yeah, I'm going all the way back to Noah. Sorry, guys. But you had Noah who was worshiping the Most High God. And he teaches his sons about the Most High God. And they get on the ark and they're saved. And they see this miraculous event. And then they start teaching their kids. But anybody who has siblings, anybody who grew up with people, who whether you grew up in a church, whether you grew up um, not in the church, whatever, you will know that people within the same household, their beliefs diverge. Depending on your experiences in life, depending on um, what you see in your worldview, things start to shift. Um, a friend of mine told me a story about a set of twins and they were involved in a car accident when they were young and their parents died, but they survived. One twin is an avid believer and trusts fully in God. The other one is an atheist. The event had different effects on them and so they went in different directions. That's literally what happened to mankind. You had you know, the patriarchs teaching about this father and about um, God, God the Father and about how he took care of us and about what he expected and how to worship him. And some of their children followed that and they were like, yes, I also believe in God the Father and I'm going to worship him the way he is asked to be worshipped. And other people, you know, they had some belief, they kind of believed it, maybe they were more liberal. You had the conservatives and the liberals and some of them, they took liberty and they were like, yeah, I believe this part right here, but I'm going to leave this part over here. I don't, I don't like that part. And they came up with their own ideas. And some of them were like, I don't believe in nothing. I'm like, I'm good. I'm going to do my own thing. And they went and did their own thing. And then on top of that, you have the spiritual aspect. You know, people like to think that God is the only entity, the only spiritual entity. But you have angels and you have fallen angels. And people forget that the difference between a fallen angel and an angel is that the fallen angel is not working for God. So the Bible tells us that you could see an angel and you would worship, you would try to worship the angel because they are so much more than what we are. They were created above us. And so just like, you know, your cat probably thinks that you're amazing because you can open a door. We would think the same thing about angels because they are spiritual beings and it, it would blow our minds if we saw them because they can perform miracles and things that we cannot do. So a angel of God would tell you, do not worship me. I am just an angel. But a fallen angel will let you worship him. And that is where a lot of these offshoots and different ideas come from because they're appearing. And if you are not solid in your relationship with God, the father, the most high God, then you will follow this fallen angel. And this fallen angel tells you, oh, no, you can do this. Just like Satan told Eve, you won't surely die. You can eat that. The fallen angel is like, no, 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 you don't need to do that. You can you can eat this. Oh, you can do this over here. Actually, I require you to do these things. And then you start to see these other religions pop up because they're actually worshiping the fallen angels instead of worshiping the most high God. And that is why it is important for us to look at the beginning and to read all the way through the Bible because these ideas of worship and the ideas of 
um, how God wants to be worshipped, they're there from the very beginning. The Old Testament is not just for the Israelites. And you can see that just by reading it because it, I mean, it was written by the Israelites. And yes, at the time, they would have been the people most likely to read it because they were most invested in it. But as believers of the Most High God, as followers of Christ, as people who are surrendering to his authority and in his kingdom, we need to know the full history. And that's what helps us to understand the history of the church, to understand how things went sideways, to understand why people believe these different concepts. It's not that they're crazy. It's not that they just made things up. It's just that the beliefs got corrupted. They got skewed. And these other entities and beings were poking into what God established as a law. And it's not that, oh, well, this one was written down first. Hindu is the oldest established religion, so it must be true. And these are just, you know, offshoots or whatever. No, it's just that at that time, people weren't writing things down. They were just the first to write something down. But it doesn't mean that they were right. So that's the focus um, this week that I want you guys to think about. Think about how it's possible, if it's possible, actually, for you to believe in the New Testament without understanding the Old Testament. Think about the origin of mankind, how we got to be where we are, how we got dispersed, and how that would affect the traversal of information, the flow of information, and the evolution of the belief system. And think about how um, those established beliefs that existed before Israel was even created, how they show that God does not change and that he did have an established... Sorry, I can't talk, guys. He had an established law before it was written in stone. Um, So I'm going to list some examples within the show notes, but I think it would be good for you to come up with some of your own. Just go back through the the Old Testament, go back through Genesis, and think about what happened in Genesis that mirrors what the law says in, you know, Exodus or in Numbers or Leviticus or something like that. And think about the fact that those people were keeping it beforehand and they were not Israelites. So what does that say for us today? I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your friends. Um, Leave me messages if you have questions or if you have topics that you want to hear about. And as always, I will see you guys next week. Bye.